Hello, and welcome back to Stern Chats, a podcast that explores the untold stories of the NYU Stern community. My name is Daniel Ramos, and some of you may know me as the most Jewish-looking guy named Ramos you've ever met. (laughs) Others as that guy who plays Jeopardy during class. True fact, I've made it this far without going to a single coffee chat. But today, I'm your host, producer, career mentor, and that guy who never helps out with the group project all rolled into one. Most of all, I'm your Stern Chats orientation leader. So join me as we meet some of my impressive fellow classmates. These esteemed bastions of the Stern community and leaders amongst their peers will share a little bit about themselves, and maybe you teach us a thing or two about why attending a co-educational business school in the village is just an all-around better vibe than that frat house uptown. But enough about me. We've got about 30 minutes to meet three hosts. Let's start out with a quick icebreaker game. Everyone, go in a circle, say your name, where you're from, and something that you're ashamed of. My name is Daniel Ramos. I'm from the Upper West Side, and I'm ashamed of the fact that I'm seriously considering wearing a wig on my wedding day. Can you elaborate on the wig situation? Well, I figured that... On my wedding day, nobody can say anything to me. So just for once, just one day of my life, I want to have like glorious shoulder length, straight, just beautiful. You guys watch the show Friday Night Lights? Like, yes. Of course. Tim Riggins, Tim Riggins, baby. Riggins yes. yeah. Tim Riggins hair. If any football fans, like Trevor Lawrence, I want, yes. I want that hair just for like one day, yeah. one special day. So yeah, I am ashamed of it though. I think it would look great. Thank I support you. it. I also think you could do like a toupee situation. I'll have to go all the way shoulder length. I think you could pull anything off. Just <laughs> throwing you. it out there. That's so kind. But why don't we why don't you introduce yourselves? Of course. That sounds great. Hey there, my name is Maggie Talbot. I have lived all over, but I'm mostly from Austin, Texas. And one thing I'm ashamed of is that I truly adore chain restaurants. Um, even in New York City. I look forward to going and getting my Subway footlong. So, yeah, I know I'm judged for it pretty hardcore, but it is part of part of me. Hi, my name is KJ Brown. I'm originally from Carmel, Indiana, a very small town outside of Indianapolis, but also grew up kind of all over the place. Um, but a proud Hoosier, I will own that. Um, and the thing I'm most ashamed of is I have never missed an episode of Dancing with the Stars, and I've even gone to see the tour. I am like the youngest person I'm convinced in their fan demographic by at least 40 years, but I own it. I love it, and I'm super stoked for the new season to drop next week. There's nothing to be ashamed of about that. <laughs> Okay, I'm ready to go. Hi, I'm Shri. I'm originally from India. The most embarrassing thing uh, about me is that I listen to slow music while working out, and I, I do not like the pop music. Okay, wait, tell us more. Slow music, is this like instrumental? It, it could be instrumental. It could be really nice um, romantic music, and that gets me going in the gym. <laughs> I, I kind of feel you. I, I, I listen to like Total Eclipse of the Heart. When I'm working mm, out, excellent like, choice. like that yeah. kind of song, like it can really motivate me personally. Yeah. I don't know. I love that. I'm going to yeah. try that when I go to the you gym. Should. Thanks should. for the suggestion. <laughs> it's about the emotion, not yes. the tempo. Yes. You know? Well, that was fun. Now we have a choice. We can do two truths and a lie to get to know you guys a little better, or we can do Daniel's mystery game. Daniel's mystery game, no yes. question. Mystery no game. Question. Okay, so the truth is it's not much of a game. It's more of an exercise, but basically last night I was thinking about ways to spice up the meet the hosts a little bit. I didn't just want to hear about what everyone did before school, what they did over the summer, how was your internship, what are you recruiting for, what are you trying to do next year? So I figured, why not just have ChatGPT do it for us? So I scraped, <laughs> I scraped all of the info 
that I could find on you guys from all over the internet. I have your oh resumes, your LinkedIn's, God. websites, wow. all kinds of... And I fed it into ChatGPT, and then I asked it to generate a detailed profile on each of us. Not just regurgitate the bullets from our resumes, but try to make inferences about who we are as people and what makes us tick. So, I have them with me right here. I'm on the edge of my seat right now. I don't know I'm about you terrified. both. <laughs> yeah. And he let us start with the most embarrassing thing about ourselves yeah. while he had that in his hand. <laughs> he did. Hey, when I'm in the host seat, it's a different kind of stern chat. Mm. I have the profiles that spat out. I'm going to distribute them as we speak. To clarify, are we are we guessing? Like, are we reading them and guessing who each person is? You know, I thought about trying to do that, but it's like we know each other too mm, well. That's fair. It yeah. been that's fair. very obvious. All right, Maggie, why don't you take a look at your uh, your ChatGPT generated profile and tell us, you know, if you want to read some selections, what stands out to you, what looks good, what do you think is inaccurate? How well does the robot know you? I think the robot is overly complimentary, but I will take it nonetheless. Um, I'll read a little snippet for you. Her creative flair, her minor in art, work in graphic design since 2015, and leadership and rebranding initiatives show that Maggie has a creative side and is not just confined to the conventional business realm. Wow. An artsy girly. Can I pick out my personal favorite? Please. Um, I would like to call something out as someone who knows Maggie pretty well. Number six, being fun-loving and relatable, but especially the highlight of her passion for Crocs. McDonald's is number one in her heart and the reputation era as a true Swifty through and through. So just wanted to call that out. I would like to emphasize that I am currently wearing platform Crocs as we speak, so pretty accurate. <laughs> uh, the thing that stood out for me is that uh, the fifth one, which is dedicated to women's empowerment, I know how, how big of a girly she is, and every time she meets me, she goes, hey, girly, how are you doing? <laughs> you know, so that's something that stood out for me. Do you think it's fair? Maggie is the kind of person who could switch between discussing the latest TikTok trend and delving into a deep conversation about sustainable business practices. Is that apt? I would say it's apt enough. I am both addicted to TikTok and also TAing sustainability for competitive advantages. So I think I think both can be true. Multifaceted. <laughs> I just love how ChatGPT phrased this, phrased this. One could imagine Maggie on a Saturday, a morning run in Central Park, grabbing her favorite McDonald's meal for lunch, an afternoon visiting a local NYC art gallery or a quick dip in a movie theater, and in the evening, prepping for a trivia league contest with friends. That is eerie. Yeah? yeah. Eerie. That's quite literally my perfect day. I think the only thing that it gets wrong is I usually pregame a run with a McChicken, so I will walk out my door, walk to the McDonald's on my block, which blessings to having a McDonald's on my block, down a McChicken as I'm walking to Central Park because I live down the street, and then hit a 10-mile run. Whoa. For, for a little bit of context, context, you ran a marathon last year. I did. I did. I ran the New York City Marathon last November. Did you eat a McChicken before? <laughs> Not before, because it was too early and they weren't serving lunch yet. Tragic. <laughs> but immediately after, the one thing I requested was a bag of McDonald's waiting for me at the finish. And do other runners, do they say, like, what are you doing? Like, this is not good fuel? for? Absolutely. I feel the judgment. Um, but I just have to have to live my truth. Oh, wow. <laughs> do you like, like, 
this is, okay, quick poll, sidebar, like, running, for me, torture, mm. always, like, more than one minute of it is just auto-torture for me. You you have fun, you get the, like, people talk, oh, but then the endorphins start getting released. I'm like, shut up, I never felt endorphins <laughs> in 29 years of living, you know, I get endorphins from eating McChickens, like. That is true, that is true. I really enjoy it because I use it as my personal karaoke time, essentially. So while I'm on these runs, one, I would like to clarify, I'm like the slowest runner on earth, but I'm out there, I'm doing it, and I'm really enjoying it. So I go on my slow little runs, and then I'm listening to Taylor Swift, like literally singing as I'm running, just in my little world, enjoying. So for that, it becomes really fun. Um but I don't know if I buy into this runner's high situation. I don't think I've personally experienced that. Hmm, interesting. I agree with Daniel here. I hate running, but then I love jogging. Mm. You know, just run for a bit, run for 30 seconds, walk for 30 seconds. That's like the perfect mix that I would love. So are you talking like treadmill jog or, or park jogging jog? in a park? Yeah. Nice. And you're consistent with that? You're out there? No. I said I love it. I aspire to do it, but I don't do it. (laughs) Same. You ever want to go? We're just making all the plans today. Yeah, we're really on it. We really are. We're going for a run. We're going to see The Lion King. Check us out. This early in the semester, everything seems possible, honestly. (laughs) All right. Let's move. Or Actually, you know what? Before we move on, Maggie, anything else you'd like to uh, call out? Anything you'd like to tell us? I don't know. I feel like this really captured me pretty well, which I'm very impressed and frightened by. Um, the only other piece, and I can tie this back to like my stern experience too. So number seven on my personal characteristics is culturally engaged. Maggie's love for movies, Broadway shows, and podcasts like The Big Picture. Sean Fantasy, if you're ever somehow listening to this, I love you. Um, suggests that she's quite in tune with contemporary culture and media. I... I'm a huge media junkie, love movies, big AMC A-list girly, obviously love going to Broadway shows. And one thing that has been so cool about going to Stern specifically is the amount of educational opportunities related to this. That wasn't necessarily something I was looking for or expecting coming to school, but I've really taken advantage of classes like the business of producing or deals in entertainment, and that has just really taught me so much about the business side of media and I feel like I'm a much more informed consumer so that has been a really awesome part of this experience shout out EMSA the entertainment media Literally. sports association Woo-hoo. KJ is our EMSA queen <laughs> co-president and she kills it so we love it and we have a kickoff later today right we sure do yeah speaking of EMSA I know one thing I learned about Shree from this exercise was that she founded her own or started her own movie theater. Is that correct? Yes, that is true. It wow. It is a drive-in cinema experience that I started back home, and it was the first one in my state. That's so cool. So how do you? How does one go about opening a drive-in cinema? Like, what's the first step? So first step is passion for movies, I would say. 
and i started this in the middle of the pandemic um so there were not many theaters there, actually there was nothing right during pandemic there was nothing to do and i wanted to watch a movie and i was tired of watching it in the laptop and in on the tv at my house so i wanted to kind of do the communal movie screening experience but obviously you had to follow the social distancing guidelines and kind of make it safe for everyone so that's when i thought hey us does a lot of drive in cinema screening so maybe i can make that 100% contactless and the challenge was not giving over the headsets which is usually how the drive ins work so what i had to do was come up with fm transmission so it's mm-hmm. 100% contactless you drive into your spot start watching a movie with four of your friends get get a tub of popcorn enjoy it while you're watching the movie and it's 100% contactless that's awesome have you Maggie and KJ, have you ever been to a drive-in movie theater? I have. I actually just went to one in Utah. I went there for Labor Day weekend, and um, they had one in Provo, Utah, that I had a chance to go to. Um, I went and saw The Equalizer 3 with Denzel Washington, <laughs> um, which, you know, was a bit gory for a drive-in movie theater experience. But nonetheless, we got a pizza. We got to, like, take it all in. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Did you get the headsets? Um, we did, like, it was like a radio dial. Radio dial. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So during COVID, I was always at the drive-in because I was craving going to the movies. So love, love your uh, initiative story. I didn't know that about you. It's amazing. Oh, thank you. Do drive-ins have like history in India? Because I know like here in the U.S., like they're like a part, like you think of like the 50s and like, you know, waitresses on rollerblades and like going to get a pop with your friends and going to the drive-in. Like they're very like Americana, you know? Right. Is there that like kind of history of drive-ins in India or not really? Um, so there is a provider. There's a provider which does um, drive-in cinema experiences in India, but it was not in the southern part of India. It was in the capital city, Delhi, and that's where I first experienced my drive-in. I was working in Delhi um, before the pandemic hit, and that's when I had my own experience. And I thought this is replicable. I was dumb enough to think it was easy. <laughs> it was not easy at all. Finding a space that huge, um, partnering with the production houses, and a um, lot of the production houses didn't know what a one-time screening rights meant. Um, so it's fairly common in the U.S. So you would go to their uh, web- website and request for a for- um, fill out a form and get the permission. It was not so back in uh, India. So I had to explain them the concept of drive-in. And a lot of production houses asked me to walk out promptly. <laughs> they said, there's no way we're giving you the film, the good quality film for you to you know just like show it to people that's uh, so rude yeah yeah i had crazy experiences doing that but finally some people agreed they thought it was futuristic and they were like oh this is great so some people gave it for free some people charged a lot but i got few films that's awesome you know i am super impressed hearing you talk about this and you're already such an impressive person but one question is just eating at me if i were doing this i truly don't even know how i would choose the first movie to show mm-hmm. so how did you choose and what did you choose once this was up and running what was your first movie that you launched um so the first movie was not something that i actually really liked <laughs> it was literally something that i could get my hands on and i was mm-hmm. like i'm just going to do a show and you know um the movie's name is f3 um it's it's a, a telugu movie uh, 
it's it's a very fun rom-com kind of movie so people enjoyed it but some of the people left in the middle of the show saying that we've seen it too many times on the television already so <laughs> that was an experience to kind of source better movies that is absolutely amazing um <laughs> One thing as I'm looking at Shree's profile, mm-hmm. the last section is titled In Essence, and it is the most poetic description <gasps> and so beautiful. So I would like to read this. It says, Shree's life is reminiscent of a beautifully directed film interspersed with moments of action, drama, passion, and introspection. As the credits roll, one can't help but wait in anticipation for the sequel. Shree, everything I know about you and getting to know you over the past year like this is so accurate. You're such a beautiful person. Thank you so much for saying that and I'm really surprised at this because I always keep joking about how I could really make my life into like a TV series <laughs> and uh, it's really a never though. ending <laughs> episodes coming in. One one about the drama, one about like realizations, one about hard work, all of that. So this is this is great Daniel. Thank you for getting this. <laughs> Any other highlights you'd like to point out or call out or read out from yours? I mean, like Maggie mentioned, this is extremely complimentary. I mean, I I love how there's all positive things. I'm sure you deleted the negative ones before you handed out the papers. But yeah, I think uh, it the themes it got it really right. It says cinema and life. Uh, I'm really passionate about those both. Oh, can we do favorite movies? Can we go in a circle and everyone say their favorite movie? Okay, but I have a stipulation to this. Sure. I'm, I hate to be a complicated person. You got to narrow it down for me, like genre. Like I, I need a little something because I have, mm. I've got it like a hot list here. Favorite mm. New York movie. Ooh, Ooh that's a good Ooh. one. Like I'm selfishly, like my favorite movie is like New York centric, so I'm like that's easy for me, but. <laughs> Yeah, Can I guess your favorite movie? Go for it. Your favorite movie, New York-centric. Is it a musical? Shockingly, no. KJ, do you know what it is? No, but I'm wondering if you can get... This might be a fun game to play. Can you give us like one or two hints and we'll see if we can guess this? Because I think we're all... It seems like a common theme. We're all very media-centric and we've got a prowess to leverage here. So I'm, I'm curious if we could guess it. Rom-coms are my favorite genre. Is it any hall? It's not, but that's that's warmer. Um, <gasps> um, when Harry met Sally. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I was Iconic. gonna say that. Iconic. <laughs> Iconic. I can do mine as of right now. I have a lot of movies that I really enjoy, but I'll tell you my favorite right now. It's kind of niche, but I'll give you some hints because I, I like this idea. I think I can guess it right off the bat. <gasps> wow. Okay. Theater camp. Oh, I, I mean, come on. That's up there. I love yeah. that movie. Yeah, but this one this one is very niche. Um, but, okay, here's my hint for you. I would put it in, like, the thriller mystery category. It is a one-word movie title. Inception. Oh, you're so, it's right director. Memento. Yes, Memento. I, I'm obsessed. And there was a video that resurfaced recently showing how Christopher Nolan pieced together Memento. And it is mind boggling and like how he decides how to put a story together. And um, one of my hobbies I like to do in my free time is write. And so I'm always intrigued by writers um, and directors and just how like storytelling comes together. So that was fascinating for me. I'm going to switch gears here and talk about a TV show, which is called The Bold Type. Have you oh, girls seen it? Yes. Have not. Yeah. Oh, love that. That's a throwback. I like it. I yeah. like it. I will not uh, spoil the show for you, but one thing you can uh, one thing I can tell you is I have applied to being editor in chief for the college newspaper after watching that show. Hmm. 
Okay. Intrigue. I need Maggie to and I have homework. Yeah. You're giving us homework here. For me, my favorite New York movie of all time, probably Mean Streets. Anyone seen it? Ooh. I love wow. Mean Streets. Wow. Like That's a good call out. Young Robert De Niro. He's like a baby in that movie, practically. And mm-hmm. you got like just, you know, good kind of Little Italy mafia, but cool dance scenes, good period music, just like a fun not too ambitious genre gangster movie. But I also love the movie Kids. Very different kind of movie by Larry Clark. Great, great New York City movie. Very, like, disturbing movie. But that's, like, kind of my bread and butter. I like the movies that make me want to take a shower after. You know? I'm curious. <laughs> um, you brought up De Niro. How do you feel about Taxi Driver? Because that love, immediately came to mind for me. I love Taxi Driver. Taxi yeah. Driver is amazing. It's, it's so good. It's up there for me. But because it's not... It's just not like the most enjoyable viewing experience. It doesn't really flow. It's not really like a fun ride. Mm-hmm. It's not really a ride. Pun intended. You know? <laughs> but, yeah. but I do love, I, I love everything about that movie. It's so dark and just crazy and it changed movies forever. Well, that was fun. Shall we jump back into chat GPT bios? Let's do it. Yes. Let's see. Where were we? Where were we? We were reading Shree's In Essence, which, again, uh, I didn't know that, uh, you know, ChatGBT could give me goosebumps. But that last little line did it for me, especially yeah. with Maggie's uh, eloquent reading. Exactly. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you Maggie. Hmm. Thank you, ChatGPT. <laughs> I have a cool call out that I like um, under her themes and motifs. Mm-hmm. I like the idea, um, just copying part of it. It says, on the one hand, there's the entrepreneur. And then on the other, there's the dreamer, relishing unexpected moments of humor in daily life. This duality adds layers to her character, making interactions with her an intriguing blend of the cerebral and the whimsical. Um, I can, in fact, confirm it is cerebral and whimsical to spend time with Sri. <laughs> Thank you so much for saying that, KJ. That's amazing. I mean, I think that ChatGPT is like doing, I need to be using it more in my like recruiting and like my school efforts because it really is writing stuff that's like better than what I could write. Yeah. And I like how all of you took turns to read what's written here, the best parts of it. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right, shall we look at KJ's? I think I'm going to bring your your love of AI to a screeching halt. Um, I think there's parts of this that are not quite um, an embodiment of me, but, you know, (laughs) I still think they did the best they could. I just don't have a ton of a presence out there. That's what it's it's telling me. There's more to learn about KJ. You got to wait for the in-person experience. So what's in here, what's good, what's bad, and what are we missing? Oh, that's a great question. Um, You know, I really, I would echo that there are parts of this that are very generous and kind. Um, I like the the opening line, um, the epitome of someone bridging a gap between small town charm and big city ambition. Um, I do, I do feel like I blend that. Um, And I'm proud to be from a smaller town. And... um, I do try to appreciate, uh, it says I carry myself with an appreciation for life's little details, which makes me relatable and authentic. Thank you so much, ChatGBT. Then it says her enthusiasm radiates vibrancy, suggesting she approaches challenges with a zest for life. Um, I like to think I'm a zesty person. I like to think I, I throw a little zest where I go. I second that. So, Definitely zesty. Thank you. Yeah, I would say that's probably probably what's standing out the most. And then I definitely am someone looking at my interests and hobbies. I do have a profound love for the arts. Um, as I make more money in life, it is a dream of mine to be a, a producer, a donor, and really just get involved in any way, shape, or form in that space, especially Broadway. Um, there is something so powerful about being in a theater, 
with a room full of strangers and all experiencing the same story start to finish and taking away different things and um, it's just a great escape. So I've always loved that. I like the blend of small town values with big city dreams gives her a unique vantage point, allowing her to navigate diverse professional landscapes with ease. That is so good. It like, is. That, that, I feel that too. Like, I don't know. People, <laughs> How about, you want to tell us a little bit where you're from, like your, your small town charm? Sure. Um, I will share a, a really interesting fun fact before I tell you about my small town. Um, for those listening, uh, interestingly enough, Maggie and I became friends during the orientation week. You could call it the first week of school. And immediately bonded over our love for Broadway, but also quickly realized that my small town was something we had in common because her dad actually went to my high school. Fun fact. So shout out Carmel High School. And they both were in the very um, exclusive <laughs> show choir. Yeah, we had the show choirs big in the Midwest. Um, so to tell you a little bit about my town, I'm from a town called Carmel, Indiana. What we are most known for, I would say, um, is number one would be roundabouts or traffic circles. You can look this up. We actually have the most roundabouts or traffic circles of any town, period. Um, take a lot of pride in that. You can actually do a six, seven lane roundabout if you'd like to give that a try. It's actually quite dangerous, I will say. <laughs> Sounds like you go in, you never get out. You yeah, know? it's it's quite, I mean, like merging across it is kind of a nightmare, um, but you can try it. And then I would say our second claim to fame is if you've ever watched or heard of the show Glee. Um, as I mentioned, show choir is a really big element. And if you were to go back and watch uh, in the Midwest, show choir is a very big element in the Midwest. If you were to go back and watch Glee um, in the pilot and throughout the series, there is um, the competitive group is called Vocal Adrenaline that they're up against and kind of poke fun at, if you will. Um, and if you look at the high school, it's Carmel High School. And the person who created it went to my rival high school and um, definitely some some friendly competition going on there. So those are our two claims to fame. Wait, what is what is show choir? I, I know what a show uh, is. I know what a choir is. What's show choir? It might be one of my favorite questions to answer, frankly. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so show choir is essentially um, where you are performing a song, so you are singing, but then there's also choreography in tandem with that. Mm -hmm. And so we would do competitions throughout the year. We would put on, my favorite part was we put on a show called Holiday Spectacular. Um, it ran for two weeks over Christmas, uh, leading into Christmas, if you will. And we performed um, a handful of numbers. You can look them up online. Um, the show ran for about two and a half hours. So mm -hmm. it was sort of akin to a Broadway show. We changed costumes. Um, yeah, it was honestly an amazing experience. And I maybe I should have said this was my embarrassing thing about myself. For four years being involved in that production, I went to school and sat in classes all day with rollers in my hair because I needed my curls. The show was at 7.30 that night and I slept in the rollers and then went to class in that and Oof. actively sat in a class with rollers in my hair. Oh my God. Did your, <laughs> did your now husband know you back then? He did not know me back then, <laughs> but um, he's uh, Austin has seen many pictures of me in my fantastic costumes, um, oftentimes in very bright colors, lots of bedazzling, lots of props that I was holding. Um, yeah, always great. Awesome. 
I have a very niche question. <laughs> I'm asking it on behalf of my father. Do you guys still sing the song Christmas and Caramel? Yes, we do. That is, okay, they've changed the placement of it. I see. Sometimes it was the opening number. Sometimes it was Welcome Back from Intermission. Mm. Um, and then sometimes it was like in tandem with our closing number because we used to do Silent Night and spread out throughout the auditorium and hold these fake candles. Immaculate. Um, and then we sang it in six different languages. We sang Silent Night. That's so next level every single year we serenade our dad with christmas and caramel and he loves it yes fun fact there's always one person every year from my high school that's made its way to stern it's only been one person a year so if you're listening you might be this person and come one come all if you're from caramel that's really cool because i was born and raised in the city and i have no one from my high school in that class no one from my high school in the grade above us Mm -hmm. and no one from my high school in the grade below us that is not true who (gasps) evan no, I haven't ever went to Bronx Science. Oh, just kidding then. I mean, I knew him when I was in I high see, school, I but see. we didn't go to high school together. Sorry, not to call you out on your own lived experience. <laughs> <laughs> You're speaking, like, no. <laughs> speaking of calling me out on my own lived experience, why don't we turn to my, my little page? Let's see. I think mine is just like so, so corny and fake, but there is some things that I like in here. I like how in the symbolism heading, it says Riverside Park represents a bastion of memories and a reminder of Daniel's roots. It's a symbol of consistency amidst the ever-changing landscapes of his life. Like, (laughs) like I I never never thought about Riverside Park that way. But, you know, ChatGPT said it. I like it. I'm going to run with it. I think that section is actually phenomenal, especially the lobster roll and lager call out. It says he symbolizes his penchant for simple pleasures, grounding him amidst his diverse pursuits. So my question for you, Daniel, is when is the last time did you have uh, that you had a lobster roll and lager? I don't know why they add the, the added the <laughs> and lager in there. I think that kind of makes it weird. I'd rather just the lobster roll like mm-hmm. be be the symbol. Mm-hmm. But my grandma was visiting my uncle in his, in Rhode Island for like two weeks, a couple weeks ago, and she brought back like a giant quart of lobster salad for me. Oh. But I love that like lobster rolls are the symbol of of the simple pleasures. I'm like that's like the most like quintessential like like Kennedy New England like rich food ever. You know, mm-hmm. it's not simple at all. Please tell us more about this Austin Powers 2 call out um, in the very last section under In Essence. says his narrative punctuated, punctuated with humor, a la Austin Powers 2. Tell us more about this. Okay, I don't know. Okay, I, I don't know how this ended. I don't know what particular piece of data like pulled this in. But I mean, fun fact, like Austin Powers 2, the spy who shagged me, I think is the greatest example of like comedy in the history of the world. I think it's the funniest movie ever. Nothing has ever been as funny. Nothing will ever be more funny. It's just perfection. And if you want to understand me, my sense of humor, all you got to do is watch that movie. Not one, not three, two. Two. Two Is two with Beyonce? No, No, that's three. That's three. That's gold member. Yeah, we got Mm -hmm. Heather Graham as Felicity Ah, Shagwell. Yes. Yes. Amazing. Fantastic. One other piece that is a very consistent theme in this is just Snapchat as an entity um ramos tell us more about your uh experience with snapchat yeah i'd love to i'm trying to think about like am i going to get into trouble if i talk too much i don't think so i'm going to tell you like what actually happened so i went to wesleyan university undergrad and there were some kids from wesleyan who were working at snapchat and they were on this content team so you guys remember like way back when there was new york story london story and 
those were all like made in real time. So for my summer internship in undergrad, I got to go work at the Snapchat office and we would like basically just look through a stream of thousands of snaps coming in in real time and you'd have to pick out the good ones to make the story, like the New York story out of. So that was, I did that for like a whole summer. It was really crazy because you felt like, you know, you had your like finger on the pulse of pop culture because you could see everything that was happening in New York unfolding as it happened. Like that was the summer that Trap Queen came out. Mm. And like I was doing like, uh, I was doing the story once and like every time Trap Queen would come on like Hot 97, I would get like a thousand videos of people singing along to it in their car. And I was like, this is really cool. But so I wanted to, at the end of the summer, I wanted to drop out of college and go work for Snapchat. And I'm glad I didn't because a couple months later, it turns out we were training a machine learning app the whole time. Mm. And they just like laid off the entire team. And we're like, yeah, the machine learning app makes makes the stories now. We don't need you guys anymore. So I was like, shit, I got to think about that. Next time I'm doing a job, like how easy is it to replace by AI, you know? Yeah. What I'm taking away from that is you're a Snapchat aficionado and um, you're a pro. So if I have any Snapchat questions, if I need your, your feedback, you're on it for Thank Snapchat. You. That's I what I'm was. taking away. I, I, I aged out, though. Didn't you guys age out like, of Snapchat or do you still use it? I feel like we're in this weird niche where people older than us use Snapchat still and people younger than us yes. use Snapchat. But our slight demographic of the world, I feel like doesn't as much. Yeah, it's an interesting time because I feel like we're somewhat on TikTok, a lot on TikTok. A lot on TikTok. A lot on Be Real. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then depending a little bit older, not so much. Like there are people not on Be Real in our in our crew. Um, and then like there are some people on X, some people not on X, some people on Threads, some people not on Threads. Like Maggie's saying, we're just very much like kind of straddling two I worlds. Think, I think Instagram is the is the the, the ties that bind, right? Yeah. Like everybody has an Instagram if you're if you're in our class at Stern. But mm-hmm. do you guys you said TikTok, everyone's on TikTok. I feel like everyone yes. consumes TikTok. But yes. who our age is really like making TikToks? Do you? We have one uh, classmate who is a big TikTok poster. Yes. Her name is Jimena Tellis. Shout out Jimena. And she has an account called Your MBA Bestie. And she creates um, like content about being in the MBA, MBA program. She creates content for prospective students on how to get in. And it's very informational. So if you're a prospective student... Look her up. At your MBA bestie on TikTok. Shout out Jimena. I also would like to plus one that because we actually have another member of our class who is a TikTok star, um, Anushka Singh. And she has her own personal account, which is thriving. But the account that is really thriving is for her mom at Monica Singh. But she manages all of the content, has over 300,000 followers for that account. Great experience. Um, And it's a food account. So if you want to learn how to cook um, and cook really delicious food, check it out um, at Monica Singh. Wow, I think she prolific. also runs Block 6 Instagram yes, account. she does. Which is a very lit Instagram account, I will <laughs> say. <laughs> yes. I do want to call out something about Daniel. So here it goes. Something cool that strikes my eye is this sentence about Daniel that says, envision a world where AR, VR enhanced travel experiences are curated with AI's precision and Daniel might be at the forefront of this innovation. What do you think about that? Okay, that sentence is literal gibberish. (laughs) 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 But I'm flattered. But I I, I mean, I worked in travel, like luxury travel for like six years before Stern. 
and now I'm doing more like data science, AI, ML stuff. And I do, I, I mean, I would love to find a way to combine the two. And I think there is a way in that like, you know, like Yelp, TripAdvisor, Google reviews, they're all like trash, right? Like none of them are like reliable and good. So I'm hoping that maybe if you could take a small like curated list of recommendations and you could use an algorithm to predict about what other places throughout the world would be cool. I don't know, something like that. I'm working on it. I'm playing with it on my personal time, but still, I wouldn't put it like this. This is gibberish, but I'm flattered. Thank you, Shrey. <laughs> I will say I have had firsthand uh, eyewitness accounts of Ramos planning trips midst, uh, in the midst of our classes when he's not playing Jeopardy, which I will call out. He is truly the most skilled Jeopardy player I've ever witnessed. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, anything but pay attention in class. I, I don't know what it is. I, I cannot just sit there and like pay attention. I need to be doing something else. But the funny times. part about that is then you are simultaneously the most engaged student in all of our classes. So uh, as I said earlier, we were all in the same block and you take all of your classes first semester together as a group. And all of our professors were obsessed with Ramos throughout yes. all of our classes. Um, as he's sitting there just playing Jeopardy. So it's really a talent. It's Al something, it's about, it's about when I'm distracting myself, I can pay attention better. I don't know why. I also would like to add that that theme is continuing because I am in a class with him and um, he has been the first one to ask questions. He asked about how to set up the Excel and our decision models and data analytics class when all of us were just trying to even figure out what's going on. So again, still happening. It does show something about rest of us. If he's playing Jeopardy and asking questions and the most engaged student, what are we doing? <laughs> I don't think it's a better or worse kind of thing, though. I don't think it's like it's it's like it's, it's a strength and a weakness for me. Like I, it's good because I can multitask and I can learn things while also like, you know, reading about Wikipedia or whatever. But at the same time, I'm not really like getting it 100 percent like ever. You know, I don't know. It's so the fair. takeaway, if you're listening, is all learning styles are welcome here at Stern. You can be fully engaged in class and taking notes every minute of every second, or you can be a Jeopardy champion online and still be thriving in class. Come one, come all to Stern. Yeah, yeah. I will second that because obviously we all took classes together. KJ is like the quintessential good student. She's sitting there taking handwritten notes front of the class every single time, trying her best in her most respectful small town voice. Professor, can I ask a question? It's so sweet, and she's a joy to take classes with. Thank you. Right back at you. Oh, heart. Block presidents. Oh, wait, not block presidents. Who's One block, block president. One block Maggie is our block president. Oof, I, thought, I thought you were both. You should have been both in block, block presidents. <laughs> we're basically the same person, we, we so are. it's fine. We just are the same. Well, we have been recording for about like 45 minutes now, mm -hmm. and the episode can only be like 30 minutes. So I think we have to kind of wrap it up. I love. No two truths and a lie? No true, true, two truths. It's hard to say. I don't have my two truths and a lie ready to go, honestly. And I like to have them ready to go. You I know just what like I mean? to this test myself because you with don't Maggie. have a hinge profile. Do <laughs> 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 uh, that. Ooh, that would have been fun. We I just want to test myself with Maggie. I want to know if I would get this right. Mm. <laughs> okay, any MBA ones listening to this, if you're doing the Meet the Host next year, do get the hinge profiles involved. That was a data source mm. I forgot to draw on. That would have been fun, you know. <laughs> a little hinge profile dissection. Anyway. Thank you so much, KJ, Shri, Maggie, for joining me in the studio today. Um, there's just so much to look forward to in seasons 13 and 14 of Stern Chats coming out uh, this semester and next. 
Uh, we're so lucky to have such an amazing, enthusiastic group of hosts this year, and I can't wait to hear your interviews and how they go and who you get for your guests. And thank you so much to the listeners for tuning in and joining us. Uh, stay tuned, everyone. Thank you.